0: Welcome back to SysAdministrivia, the podcast where we jerk off to each other's Facebook <laughs> photos. This is
1: Brent. That was a really weird thing to say. You said it first, and no, I not in a public forum. <laughs> <laughs> who? All right, who are you? I don't
2: know anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so for those listening, Hayden was was giving Jay some some shit because he and I were in the in the mumble like way early, way early, like. Wait. And he was like, Jason, where are you? And Jason's like, I'm jerking off to your Facebook photos. And uh he, I, I hope he's kidding. I'm pretty sure he's I, kidding. I really hope so too. But that makes a pretty good opening line, wouldn't you say, Jaton? No, it's weird. Now <laughs> everyone
1: knows.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: everyone knows? <laughs> so you were? No, but still. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm getting <laughs> uncomfortable.
2: <laughs> so when we when we met in person, actually all three of us meeting a person at the same time. Oh my god, I know where this is going. Jathan texts and says, I have the weirdest boner right now. Yeah! Like, what the hell, dude? Like, you're you're focused on your penis, which I guess is fine. No, he's, but, he's, he's focused
0: more
1: on urination, I would say. Oh my god, Jesus, what the <laughs> fuck? I am like, people, please don't, this isn't me.
0: Sorry, dude. And who are you? Who are you? You never introduced yourself this episode.
1: I'm just confused now. <laughs> He's having like I an think identity crisis. I really crisis. need to get out of the closet. <laughs> yes. I'm really. Jathan's really coming out.
2: It. Here you go. You heard it first, but Sister trivia.
0: I'm coming out. I want the world to.
2: Did you actually come out of the closet? Jathan? <laughs> there must be an old 30s cereal where you hear the. Someone walking in. <laughs>
0: Hello! I heard the door open and close. There it is. It's world outside the closet.
1: <laughs> 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 Mostly oh it's a lot goodness. cooler out there. Damn, it heats up in here.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, you need that uh, that soundproofing in your room. And then you just keep the AC on in your apartment or something. Yeah, right?
1: Yeah, it's raining
0: here. Is it raining? Oh, it, it should be. Wait, well, is it like, is it humid
1: heat or is it like? Uh, it's actually, it's not hot. Like, the rest of my apartment Yeah, fine. It just I gets warm Colorado. in the closet.
2: Is it raining, man? Men? It's weird. Hallelujah.
1: <laughs> it's raining, man.
0: Men. God, I wish we could do this over now. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. You gave me crap, so we're, we're sticking with this. Come on. It's a good open. It's. I think it's a good open. I think open. it's a good I'm open. going to lose my job. You're not going to lose your job. You, it's fine. Everybody your knows
1: you're kidding around. Yeah, right? Not about Come the on. closet part. Well, no. I mean, you're literally recording in a closet. Yeah. I know, but I wish I didn't do that anymore. <laughs> Why? <What? laughs>
2: No, you know what? We're it's wasting time. It's not even time. worth the
1: good sound quality. No, no. no we're, we're wasting, wasting time. We're wasting
2: so much good quality time because we have so much news.
1: Yeah, we have a,
0: we have a, a fair bit of news. And All right. Uh, All right, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm
2: drinking water right now. I'm on a no-carb diet right now, so I'm drinking water, too. Being a good boy. What about you?
1: Well, I'm just going to dump out my beer now, too, because <laughs> everything sucks about this Pure pressure? <laughs> You no, wanted me to be all high energy, and now you're just being J-thon. goddamn downers. No, no, no. You're not, no, not having I'm any not being beer a beer with me. I just, I, I needed to have a beer. You're not even having a beer with me. It's raining. What happened to this the beer is you got? Doom and gl- I dumped it. You dump <laughs> you it? Did you did not didn't dump it. Yeah, because you guys weren't having any. I don't want to be the only one. You'll be fine.
0: That was like three Thanks. seconds ago. Yeah. And I didn't hear you dump it. So what are you drinking?
1: <laughs> it was when I left the closet. I'm having. <laughs> I'm the only one devoted to the freaking fans here, so I'm actually drinking <laughs> beer like a real freaking podcaster. All right, what,
2: what beer are you drinking? I am
1: drinking a Red Air from Westminster Brewing Company. Okay, it's thank an you, Irish thank, Red. Thank Ale. you
2: so much for giving us that information. Got it. We are in a much better place now that you told us that.
0: So we'll we'll get to the news in a second, but mostly we're going to talk about what we've been working on lately in our personal lives, like side projects we have going on, uh, maybe even some projects for work. So we'll see. But we'll talk more about that later so right now let's let's open up right to the news oh
2: boy what a doozy this week we have here first thing we have is we have multiple vulnerabilities in asus routers this is covered in cve 2017 5891 and cve 2017 5892 there are various models of the asus rt routers that have several crs csrf vulnerabilities allowing malicious sites to log in and change settings in the router there are also multiple JSON P vulnerabilities ex- along exfiltration of router data and an XML endpoint revealing Wi-Fi passwords. So don't buy an ASUS router. That's your that's your first step right there. And the next bit of news we have here is that WordPress core, and this might surprise you, I don't know, has had a known vulnerability for a year. Yes, for a year, ladies and gentlemen, or just gentlemen. I'm not sure how many ladies listen to us. <laughs> I'm sorry. Some I'm sorry. Uh, I know, but uh, security researcher David Golunsky of Legal Hackers has published the details of an unauthorized password reset vulnerability in WordPress core. He demonstrated it. It's here in this link here. It uses the server name variable to get the host name of the server in order to create a from return path header of the outgoing password reset email. So, Hmm. Yeah. And then there's a pretty serious bug in Windows. I mean, it's Windows, first of all, so, you know. MSMPENG is the malware protection service that is enabled by default on Windows 8, 8 8.1, 10, Windows Server 2012, etc., Microsoft Security Essentials, System Center Endpoint Protection, and various other Microsoft Security products share the same core engine. It runs as NT Authority system without sandboxing and is remotely accessible without authentication via various Windows services, including Exchange, IIS, and so on. On workstations, accessors can, attackers can access MP Engine by sending emails to users. By either reading the email or opening attachments is not necessary. Oh, wow. Visiting links in a web browser, instant messaging, and so on. Uh, this is actually really, really seriously severe. Mm-hmm. Start educating people ASAP.
0: Yeah. And the funniest part is a POC exists. One of the... So it was, it was found by Tavis Ormendi Yeah, and Natalie Silvanovich. I hope I said that right. And probably not. I mean, we've talked about... We've mentioned Tavis on the show before. Yeah. He's, he does a lot of great work for Google. But this is the first time I came across Natalie. And she tweeted that... She tweeted a proof of concept for it in a single tweet. Wow. Wow. So... It, <laughs> And less
2: than 140 characters. We need to have that that tweet linked to as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have something similar to that as well, too. Uh, I'll talk about that here in just a minute. Yeah. Uh, So there was a gentleman who went across a border. And, you know, people do this. They travel, you know. And uh, border agents in the United States threatened to be dicks and take his phone if he didn't unlock it. Now, I want some clarification on this. We might have to call out OSWriter again on this. But I'm pretty sure that if you have a password, they can't make you unlock it unless they have a a court order. But uh, this is BS, dude, you know? I read this earlier. He unlocked his phone, gave it to him. They took it away for five or ten minutes, and they gave it right back to him. And, like, it's like, what the heck, man? What are are they doing they want to look at your phone for, you know? And this dude's not like... He doesn't look like someone that you would want to you know, stop anyway at a border stop because, I mean, they do profiling, you know. But mm-hmm. there were six attorneys from the ACLU that filed an eight-page administrative complaint on his behalf, and they're hoping to get some questions, some answers uh, from the Department of Homeland Security, who is actually the parent, AG now, parent agency now of the Customs and Border Protection. They're arguing that the search was unconstitutional despite the prevailing border exception to the Fourth Amendment. So be careful crossing the borders, guys and ladies. All right, so the next thing we have here is that you only need 60 bytes to hose Linux's RPC bind. A 60-byte payload sent to a UDP socket to the RPC bind service can crash its host by filling up the target's memory. Guido Vranken, wow. who discovered the vulnerability and created the RPC bomb exploit, complains that he couldn't get action for the package maintainers, so he's written patches himself. That is ridiculous. Wow. He writes that Shodan turned up 1.8 million hosts running with RPC binds port 111 open to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad wow yeah so if you really need to run it uh, put it behind a firewall and live at port 111 11, or just turn the demon off
0: yeah you don't You don't really need it yeah. most of the time so
2: well the, the patches are pretty small
0: well alright I guess you need it for like yeah. NFS but why are you running NFS
1: over the internet <laughs> uh, that's, that was what I was going to say it's <laughs> just an experiment it's for science dude it's for Well, you know, I I
2: take my computer and I put it in the DMZ so that I have all the ports open that I need to worry about. Oh, of course. (laughs) Microsoft and Oracle have been sued. They've been accused of trampling DB patents. No. By by who? Well, the University of Tennessee's royalty collection arm wants its pound of flesh. So the ETRF, which is the University of Tennessee Research Foundation... And St. Matthew Research, SMR, on Tuesday filed lawsuits against Microsoft and Oracle, alleging the infringement of database patents. The UTRF exists to commercialize intellectual property arising from research at the University of Tennessee. SMR is a California-based limited liability company with an exclusive license to the patents at issue. They filed separate complaints in the U.S. District Court in the Eastern District of Tennessee, and they claim that Microsoft and Oracle are violating the groundbreaking work of several of the University of Tennessee's faculty in the fields of parallel processing and high-performance database design. Interesting. A guy mm. named J. Douglas Birdwell and his colleagues in the late 1990s were trying to facilitate the search of large sets of DNA profile data. So there you go. Hopefully, they get some money out of that or something. Well, what
0: about Berkeley DB? I think Berkeley DB even predates that, doesn't it?
2: I don't. I don't know. But I don't.
0: I don't think it's relational either. I, I don't know. Uh,
2: Microsoft I don't and Oracle. Think. We're not available or declined for comment. Hmm. Next news we have here is that Red Hat and Amazon are integrating AWS, RHEL, and OpenShift. This is actually kind of cool, I think. I've gotten to play with OpenShift a little bit at work, and and I thought it was pretty neat how it gets set up. And then, of course, you have AWS, which never goes down ever. Ever.
1: Can confirm. Never (laughs) set it down.
2: (laughs) So this is actually to underline just how important the cloud is to Red Hat. They want to move from being a Linux distributor to a cloud services provider. Just like Canonical. Yep. So the move shows that the hybrid cloud is alive and well. The AWS and Red Hat strategic partnership will integrate AWS services with Red Hat's OpenShift. You'll be able to access AWS services directly from Red Hat OpenShift container platform. This is actually kind of cool. I like this idea, except for the fact that it's in the cloud. Jim Whitehurst said that the container adoption is taking off in the enterprise, and this alliance is designed to accelerate that by giving customers access to AWS, AWS services directly within Red Hat OpenShift Container Platform, et cetera, et cetera. Read the article. It's actually pretty cool. And now we have a lot of these. <laughs> Remote security exploit in all 2008-plus Intel platforms. So, Nehalem through KB all remotely and locally hackable. Every Intel platform Jeez. has a remotely exploitable security hole. So Intel has confirmed that they have an advisory out. Lenovo has a page up with their effective systems and some fixed ETAs. It includes some consumer products as well as servers. The short version is that every Intel platform with AMT, ISM, and SBT from Nehalem in 2008 to Kaby Lake in 2017 has a remotely exploitable security hole in the ME management engine, not the CPU firmware. Even if your machine doesn't have the SMT, ISM, or SBT provision, it is still vulnerable, just not over the network. Um, They've known about this vulnerability for years now. It came up in research. They were doing hardware backdoors over 5 years ago. They explained the problem to people. They also strongly hinted that it existed, but nobody has said, it, oh, "No, that's not that's not happening." Whatever. They Intel representatives did take the words seriously, but they still denied that there was anything going on. This is terrible. I mean, this needs to be fixed like, you know, tomorrow. Mm. let's see firefox all gets an always open and container option so we discussed uh, last time about a laptop that would containerize the browser and individual tabs well firefox gets something similar and get it an always open in container option it's being tested it's an active development it allows you to launch a website or services in a container to separate them from one another in various ways they launched containers back in 2016 in a nightly run and uh it, I have not had a chance to check it out yet, but it uh, looks pretty nifty. You can right-click anywhere and then always open in this container option. So you can make sure that it opens that container all the time. Check that out sometime. And then the next bit of news we have here is that ransomware is the single biggest threat to healthcare data security. Now, if you guys remember, we have, a lot of our baddies are about health, uh, you know, hospitals getting uh, ransomware or whatever, not paying or paying. They're mm-hmm. saying that ransomware is the single biggest threat around 50% of data security incidences from October 2015 to September 2016 stemmed from healthcare ransomware attacks. The NTT Security 2017 Global Threat Intelligence Report showed that healthcare also contributed to only three-quarters of ransomware attacks globally. And healthcare, professional services, government, and retail together accounted for 77%. So don't be in healthcare. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is not the lesson.
2: <laughs> sure, high <high-five. laughs> Cloudflare has ordered been ordered to expose a gay torrents operator, or else. Dot, dot, dot. There's a new DMCA subpoena that has ordered Cloudflare to expose the person who manages the account of Pryant Torrent Community, gayTorrents.org. The request comes from adult company FlavorWorks, who warned Cloudflare that it might also face a potential lawsuit of its own if it fails to take action against the website in question. They are, of course, one of the leading CDN and DDoS protection services. They're used by millions of websites across the globe. However, they instead of taking down the sites, they maintain that they're a neutral service provider. They do have to follow the legal process if copyright holders want them to take ac- action. So we'll see. There's a nice little subpoena out. This is the thing, though, with DMCA subpoenas, they're not reviewed by a judge, yeah. and they only require a signature from a court clerk. So that's, I mean, that's ridiculous, you know. Have you ever gotten a DMCA? I, I personally never have. I know you work with them a lot. I have
0: you? dealt with them a lot, both in my current company and with a previous company you can counter so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've but, heard that. But and you know, usually you're you can be pretty successful if you have a strong case. But they're I don't know, man. They're still a they're more of like a hassle than anything. Like it's just digital harassment at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, cuz it's like legal pressure more than anything. Right. And I don't really have to deal with them directly because we're a service provider, so we just need to follow the service provider Rules, I guess. Oh, that's cool. So all we really need to do is sort of pass it along and or make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah. So you know, like my responsibility in it is pretty limited, but there have been cases where there have been some more drawn out, and you know, obviously, I can't mention them in detail, but they've pursued their legal options. I'll say the the person received the DMCA. Sure. And it's. They usually come out to where the, the, the person filing the DMCA, if it's not like a big corporation, they will just give yeah. up because like, they, you know, but the, the, the other end of it is like, so many of the DMCA's are invalid. You have to know what constitutes a valid DMCA. Cause you can just throw it, throw it out right off the bat and like, look, this isn't a valid DMCA. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. The headline had me kind of squint my eyes. Cause I was like, is it because they're gay? But it's not. Yeah. It's all about the, it's all about the copyright. Yep. So, well, yeah, that's... Well, I, I think the only... Money makes the world go I think around. the only thing
2: that's, that's haunted more than gay porn is uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Probably.
0: All right. I mean, I'm not sure of the statistics, but yeah, yeah I can see that.
2: Pretty serious bit of news here is that Google Docs has had a phishing, major phishing attack. So, what happens is, is you get a Google Doc link in your inbox, and you should take your time and look at it very carefully, even if it's from someone you trust, because it's got phishing in it. And it's pretty nasty. It's pretty nasty. The offending accounts have been disabled by Google. Uh, they removed the fake pages, pushed updates through safe browsing, and the abuse team is working to prevent it. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's happened before, at least since 2014. Uh, they use real Google accounts and develop third-party plugins that can with Google services. So just be careful. Make sure you know who you're clicking the links from. Double-check double, tr- double check it. Trust will verify, etc. Cetera, et cetera, And then our last bit of news here... Canonical is preparing the company for an IPO. So if you want to get some of that sweet, sweet Ubuntu uh, money, you want to get some, you want to get some uh, shim shares in, in Ubuntu.
0: I don't think they've been seeing a whole lot of
2: money. <laughs> now's the chance to do it. Now's the chance yeah. to own some stock in, in Ubuntu.
0: Assuming they actually stick with a project yeah, and don't kill yeah, it. Yeah, right.
2: With. Which they are not known to do. They finish every project they start, Brett. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, Paper of the News. Okay. Um, so we. I, th- I
0: thought we'd take some time and sort of talk about what we've been up to lately, because we don't really do that a whole lot. And I work on a lot of side projects.
1: I work on about one. One side project. At a time, maybe, yeah. But you have more than one here. You've got a I couple do. here, yeah. For once. Well, okay. Well, one of them's. Two of them are not really side projects. Sure, they are. Two of them are. Okay. Well, no. One of them is well, for work. What is what? Yeah, but is, you're
0: not like it's sort of yeah. We'll, it's like we'll a
1: work-sponsored side project, we'll, we'll
0: and then there. your third we'll one is like a, a moonlighting thing. We'll we'll get to it. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit in detail about one of mine first. So if anyone's used Arch years ago, there was this thing called AIF, the Arch Installation Framework, and the author kind of made it so you could do automated installs of Arch. It was basically, I think it was just like a single bash script that you had to compile. It used like make files to generate a bash script, which seems silly to me, but whatever. And I took a look at that and I was like, that's silly. And I took a look at how CentOS and Red Hat and SUSE and all that have Kickstart and Debbie and Ubuntu and all that have uh, Preseed. And I'm like, that's cool. We, the Arch community needs something like that. Because while you're not likely to see Arch in a data center, there's no real reason why not. In fact, I think a lack of automated, unattended installs might be part of the reason. I mean, you know, the whole rolling release probably doesn't help, but... I But mean, to e- be
1: fair, you see Gentoo in data centers. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, especially with, like, big names. Like, E-Trade used Gentoo almost exclusively for a long time. So you know, I got to thinking, so what do we need to, to do to make that happen? And I decided to just scrap all of the previous work that was done on AIF and start my own project. I called, I called it AIF for next generation or new generation, kind of like, you know, htop and all that. And I don't know, I kind of like it. It's Python 3 driven. It uses an XML config file. And I have a working beta. So it does work. It's pretty simplistic. And if you want to do anything really complex, there's different places for you to, like, put hooks in to run your own scripts. But it handles a lot of the grunt work for you, and it'll, you know, even root in and give you a ch chrooted environment you can run your own hook scripts in and stuff. It is, you know, I definitely want to stress this beta, and I'm still kind of ironing out some of the IPv6 stuff. It should work with DHCP v6 and static IPv6 addresses, but like things like stateless addressing and all that, it still doesn't have a way to support that. But I, so I announced it to Arch General and I got like one or two replies, you know, just people offering, yeah, hey, looks cool. I'll I'll check it out. I posted it on the forums and people are like, yeah, I'll try it out. By the way, does it have a config generator? So now I need to write a configuration generator because people don't know how to write XML.
1: If it was Jaml. No.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Jaml doesn't exist. You still haven't published a spec for it and you haven't published a parser. <laughs> <for it. laughs> also, I wanted to keep it into the Python standard library. So, Jaml, if you wrote a parsing engine for Python, it would have to be in the standard library. And I just did that to keep the dependencies down. As of now, it will not run in the Arch ISO. So I have a custom installer ISO available and instructions on how to build your own right in the manual. I'll link to it, obviously. But yeah, it's I can see it becoming really useful, especially if you run like a lot of Arch VMs like I do. This way I can just set up like a Pixie environment or an iPixie environment and set my VM lab and have all my Arch VMs installed right off the bat with Vim installed and configured the way I want. And all my SSH keys automatically installed and SSH automatically locked down and all sorts of really useful stuff that I would normally waste like minutes or even hours doing manually. So now I can just literally just kick it off and forget about it until it comes back up. So I've been working on that. I've been working on some additional scripts. I'll link to them because at least one of them you can probably find useful as long as your system has Python 3. It's a I don't know if you've seen our securing SSH article. It's an article we near from an InfoSec professional, and it has some really, really great tips on hardening SSH. And I implemented that all in a Python script.
2: Fantastic tips. Huge.
0: (laughs) Huge. So I implemented it all in a a single Python script. Again, you know, just using standard lib, and I will make that available as well. So that may be something you might want to look into, into your, pushing into your own deployment environment. But yeah, so that's I've, that's where I've spent most of my time. And, you know, I fixed one or two B-disc bugs here and there that I found in the process of building the AIF install CD. But I don't know. That's mostly been my my entire side project occupation lately. j what have you been working on?
1: Yeah. Yeah. High energy. Yeah. Woo! Woo. <laughs> so what have I been working on? Good question. One of the things I've been working on has actually been for Brent, sort mm. of. So. We have talked before about playing sort of old-ish games like Doom and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's a good time. There is currently a website, games.squareroot.net, which we will link to in the show notes. If you go there, you'll be wildly unimpressed. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm an
0: engineer, yeah. not a designer.
1: Right. So I've been working actually on rewriting that site in Flask to implement some real-time monitoring of game servers and availability and stuff like that. And
0: it's sexy as shit.
1: It's getting there, yeah. I have not devoted enough time to it, but I've been actually just really busy with work, mostly. So when the new game site is up, though, you'll be able to donate, right? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Donate, Donate and and then you get, like... Oh, I'll let you talk about it, yeah.
1: Well, it's your thing, but if you donate, you get some kind of special hippy-dippy privileges or something. (laughs) I don't don't really know what you get. You get guaranteed uh, reserve slots for the game that supports it. There you go. And you will log in using an interface that I wrote. So if you break it... <laughs> jayton's gonna job. come
0: or i was gonna say you're gonna hunt him down but no nah, that's not me <laughs> that's true
1: i'm just a guy in the. you're club. a
0: lover you're not a, a fighter
1: yeah so that's one thing other thing you've heard me talking obviously about the BioFrontiers hackathon which mm-hmm. is coming up in 12 days from when we're recording this it's may 10th right now are you stocked up on red bull i no i do coffee <laughs> okay so we got a very generous grant if you will a donation of credit for amazon web services from amazon for this event so we will be running basically the entire infrastructure in the amazon cloud place stuff <laughs> so you know that that makes sense to me finally i was base, i was wondering
0: why you guys were running in the aws but like if you're getting free hosting i, well, I guess it makes sense
1: there's a couple reasons i mean there's that yeah it's also just first you know, security purposes. We don't have to add anyone to our own local resources. True. So there's no chance of anything being compromised that's not really disposable. So are you, are
0: you running RPC bind? No. <laughs> okay. No.
1: Okay. So I will say, working with the Amazon Web Services interface has been pretty kludgy. I am not oh, a terrible. large. Yeah, I'm really not a big fan. It's terrible. And I personally did not get to make all the decisions with regards to how we're doing this. So do I agree with them all? No, but that's how life goes. And you know what?
0: You learn in the process. So at least there's Yeah,
1: I mean, I can definitely say I've had the experience now. I know how to stand up in AMI and work with like their networking tools and their firewall and stuff like that do i like it no (laughs) am i going to advertise it about myself probably not because realistically if i had a job where that was what i was doing most of the time i don't think i'd be very happy oh it'd be soul sucking yeah that being said in typical jathan fashion although this actually wasn't my decision either we're using Puppet, so the management from the (laughs) amazon standpoint is minimal because i'm just puppetizing everything
2: puppetize all the things
1: does Puppet have like
0: Amazon integration, like AWS integration kind of a thing?
1: I don't know, man. I just stood up an AMI know and put does. Puppet server on it. Okay. And then I just did it like I would any other, you know, non-cloud thing. Okay.
0: Cuz I, I know Ansible plays pretty tightly into aws so
1: i'm sure there's probably options that i didn't really explore at all yeah
0: but like this isn't a permanent thing too so like why would you you know yeah exactly
1: so for what it's worth most of the prep at this point has been getting users added to our GitLab instance which is actually public now so buyoff-git.colorado.edu you'll be able to see the hackathon projects as they go public when they get published at the end of the event there are you going to live stream No, no, I doubt it. I could maybe do a segment for this there, but maybe not. (laughs) Okay. Other things, adding users, of course, to the Amazon instances, getting SSH keys from people, installing software. Some of these teams are doing like a lot of machine learning. There's a couple teams working with some really, really large data sets that we have to basically find a way to mount inside their environment so they can work with that data. Yeah. So that is really all I have to say about the hackathon. Mostly, it's kind of tireless just because I have to reach out to all these people who are participating, which is like roughly 70-ish people, and they have not been as responsive as I'd hope. So, you know, send out an email to 70 people like, hey, I need you to log into this GitLab instance and set a password and add an SSH key, and that SSH key will be used to grant you access to the Amazon instance for your team. And like, you know, 20 of 70 people did it on the first email, so it's just like, damn, okay. Mm. So that's really frustrating. And I do fine working with people, but this is a lot of people. And it's just a lot of back and forth email nonsense.
0: You need a project coordinator.
1: Yeah, right. We're also using Slack for communication between the teams and between us and the people ahead of time. And, you know, for people who need IT support during the event or whatever, like we have Slack channels set up for all this. Also, my first like real experience with Slack. It's okay, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's exactly the response I had. I was like,
1: meh. Yeah, I mean, it's chat. Yeah, it could easily be done with plenty of other services or through other means. I think,
0: and we'll link to an episode where we talk about more chat protocols, <laughs> including
1: the best chat protocol XMPP, right?
0: IRC. Yeah, no XMPP. No, no. Jason and I admittedly have a, a total hard on for
1: XMPP, yeah, but I, I but separate hard ons, not like a <laughs> joint hard on. <laughs> Don't make it weird. Oh my god!
2: You Why talk- would you even need to say Do you that? complain about? being weird and then you say weird shit what
1: the? i f- just wanted him to know
2: <laughs> oh i think i don't think that oh. was
0: implied at all but now all right. they're going to be thinking it oh. well that's fine
2: he, okay so, he hurts okay. my brain brett i just want you to know that <laughs> he hurts my brain
1: all right the last thing on my little project list is sort of a project i'm gonna get a little ranty ravey here maybe maybe a little oh, personal go.
0: we got time
1: but so a couple things i graduated school last may Just about a year ago, I had to start paying back student loans six months ago in November ish or December. That's fantastic. Like, I certainly cannot complain about the amount of money I'm making or anything like that, especially for someone my age. I'm very well taken care of. But money is, it's not tight, but I definitely, you know, like where I live, it's really expensive to rent. So, honestly, you come out ahead if you just buy something as soon as you can, because at least you're not pissing away $1,500 a month for nothing. So definitely one of my goals is to buy a house as soon as possible. And I don't want to just buy a house to buy a house. Like I still want to find something that's hopefully at least somewhat where I want it to be and what I want it to be. But you can't even start looking until you financially have the means to do so, right? Right. So that being said, I have been not really bored, but a lot of the stuff going on at work has been pretty mundane, like the hackathon prep and whatever. It's not challenging. It's just time consuming. So I was kind of looking for some personal projects to, you know, hopefully build out my portfolio a little bit and also just sort of get back into a different game for a little while. So I decided to log back into Upwork, which I know we talked about freelancing websites in one episode, I think in S0 so I logged into Upwork and just, you know, my typical search terms are like VPS or dedicated server or Linux and, you know, just kind of see what pops up. And sometimes you get some pretty interesting looking jobs. Other times you get complete shit. But the first job that I really saw and was like, oh, that seems pretty cool was this guy with a dedicated server that he needed Debian 8 installed on and some like basic web services mm-hmm. and a couple of things there. I work in a Red Hat shop. So I don't get to play with Ubuntu or Debian anymore. I also haven't admittedly like stood up a, an Apache web server in a long time. So it was just like, well, you know, this is a good opportunity. It was like a decent amount of money for something that took me a very little amount of time. But it was the first time I'd installed Debian 8. It was the first time that I'd set up Apache on Debian 8. It's... You know, it's trivial. It's not like I gained a whole lot from that because if you set up Apache on one distro, you've more or less set it up on all of them. But definitely a good thing, I think, to keep yourself fresh and the guy ended up, you know, talking to me and asking me some good questions and I tried to provide the best answers that I could. He left me some really good feedback on Upwork and on top of that, I'm making some extra cash to go towards my student loans and or a house, which is where all that other bit was going. Mm -hmm. So it sort of just got me thinking like, you know, I really only get to work with Puppet at work because we don't need Puppet and Ansible and Chef. Right. Mm -hmm. But I understand the concepts enough that if somebody were willing to pay me, even if I took a little bit of a loss in terms of how long it took me versus what I actually reported to a client potentially on Upwork. Like, if somebody needed a basic Ansible setup, I think it'd be a good way to basically delve into that world and do it. Now, you could just as easily say, oh, well, that's what a home lab is for. And I agree, actually. I think that's a good case. Except for the fact that, one, I don't have a home lab. Why not? Because I don't really. Because I live in an apartment, and I'm trying to save money.
0: Yeah, he doesn't, you don't have a, a hypervisor box. So it's pretty hard to do a VM lab without a a dedicated box that can run multiple VMs at the same time.
1: Well, yeah, which I definitely want to do. Just, I think that's something that's definitely going to wait until I move into a house, probably. Sure. One for space purposes and two for money purposes. So freelancing can be a good way if you're willing to compromise, right? Like I'm going to suggest that you pay me less, but I take a little bit more time. It can be an opportunity for you to teach yourself a new technology or to try out a new project. Now, that doesn't mean you can just take as long as you want, it still means you have to do it right, but in the case of something like setting up, you know, if I'm sticking with the example of Ansible, it, you know, there's not a whole lot of security implications to running Ansible such that if you set it up wrong, you would just be completely screwed.
0: Well, the targets could be completely screwed, but yeah. that's assuming they're brand new targets and not, Yeah,
1: Yeah, but you know what I mean, like... Yeah, um, yeah,
0: you're not going to get yourself comped if you set it up
1: wrong. Right. Or somebody that you're doing work for. Right, right. Which is actually yeah. more important than doing it for yourself, I'd say. Yeah. But the other thing, it's just a good opportunity to network. It's a good opportunity. Like, the guy that I helped out, he really seemed to like me. He's already got a couple more projects that he talked to me about. And he's like, okay, well, these are going to be coming in the next few weeks. Would you be interested? And, you know, absolutely. He was a nice guy. He was very responsive to any questions I had for him. And he used you know, a lot of exclamation points and plus signs in <laughs> his review. In my review, he did, yeah. <laughs> but he was Canadian. And Canadian people, like... That IT guy Matt or whatever the hell that guy's name is, I know his name is Matt. Matt I just Creme. don't know his, I don't know his Twitter handle. Matt, that IT guy. I don't know.
0: I think it's just that IT I'll, guy.
1: I'll look it up. Keep talking. Anyway, Canadians are friendly. So There's <laughs> that. Anyway, so that that was kind of ranty, but that's what I've been up to. I'm excited to keep taking on a couple of freelance opportunities as they come up. Not so much for the money, although that's nice. More so just to broaden my horizons a little bit and keep my skills sharp while I'm doing weird mundane things at my actual job. Yeah, cool. So yeah, sorry, that was whirlwind.
0: <laughs> by the way, Jethan was right. It is at Matt, that IT guy. We'll link to his Twitter, but he was on the show a little bit back talking about certs. So you may remember him. <clears throat> sorry for the cough, by the way. I'm, I'm still feeling under the weather. So, so. so am I.
2: So. Yeah,
0: it's it's hay fever season. Yahoo. High energy. I got to keep it high energy. Jason, are you high
1: energy? Uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Are you drunk?
0: No. Okay.
1: That was a really hesitant high energy. I would like to be drunk. I'm thinking about washing my sheets when we're done (laughs) recording. Okay. And usually I have to be drunk to make the bed because I hate making the bed. So
0: you you have to get drunk to face the emotional turmoil of making the bed. Well, you know what I
1: hate the most is I always wash my sheets at night. Uh Uh-huh. Not because like, but it's just like during the week is when I tend to do those things. Like I'm just not home on the weekends that much. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, so if I wash them, like it's eight o'clock now till we finish, it'll be like nine o'clock. I wash my sheets, dry them. It's like, you know, 10, 30, 11. It's like, well, they're so hot from the dryer, <laughs> but I don't want to wait like two hours to go to bed because it's already 11 o'clock. So I just have to like do it. And then I have to put the sheets on the bed and I'm so sweaty. I need to whole fucking shower before you... I can go to bed.
0: <laughs> Why don't you run the sheets on a, a, a cold dryer cycle or a cool dryer cycle?
1: because it doesn't dry as fast it's the same problem i just i end up being up so late okay. it's like i don't even want to wash the sheets at that point i want to just throw them away and buy new ones but you even got to wash the new ones
0: <laughs> welcome to laundry administration
1: wow. <laughs> that whole rant i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie so there are some chores that i like like i really like to vacuum oh, I if i could just vacuum. find a woman that would do the laundry i'll do the <laughs> dishes woman. i'll vacuum wow I will do every other chore if she just does the laundry. Oh. I don't mind running the dishwasher. I don't mind I like the laundry. I like to cook. Well, I just hate how hot it is. I hate it. Oh. I'm always sweating when I'm doing. Yeah, the laundry. you got
0: to do it earlier in the day, man. You gotta.
1: I only like to do it in the winter, maybe.
0: Uh, winter's maybe. coming.
2: <laughs> winter's oh, coming. Just,
0: now, I'm All mad. right.
1: I'm sweating in the closet thinking about it.
2: <laughs> All
0: right, well, we'll stop thinking about it. Peyton, what are you working on? All about? right,
2: so I don't have any really cool projects like these guys are working on. I'm just building a home lab. And with the support of my lovely wife, who, you know, is just amazing, and lets me buy all kinds of weird stuff. Anyway, <laughs> so I was gifted a couple of Cisco 3560s they're the 48-port POEs. I'm currently using mm-hmm. one. I have a TP-Link 24-port unmanaged that I'm also using. That's actually going to get decommissioned. I'm going to try and offload that to someone and uh, then I have an eight port managed switch that's also going to be offloaded once I get to Cisco up and running but I have two servers well I have four actually four physical boxes in my house here one is my gateway and that doesn't do anything other than just provide me internet access and that's in a closet because it's really loud otherwise you'd hear it here where I'm sitting <laughs> mm. is that why I'm in here Yes, because because you're very loud, you're, and we can't. Because you're yet. loud. And then the second system I have is a Dell R610, and that's got I have six 2.5 inch 15k 146 gigabyte hard drives in there, well SAS drives I should say, and it's mm. actually really cool when I when I do something it causes to write you hear this really nice click it's, it's just it's kind of cool you know and then I have an HP ML110 G7 that's actually offline right now I'm gonna. I'm going to bring that back up, though, but I have to put in a separate uh, RAID controller because the one that's in there right now is causing it to have some CPU spikes. It doesn't really make any sense why it's doing that. That's got four 2TB hard drives in there. That's... A really nice, quiet system that's perfect for like serving up, you know, Plex or storage or whatever. Both my systems are, are obviously have Xeons in them. The HP ML110 came with a, an i3, and I changed that out. And then I have a 4U white box, so to speak, and that's actually currently running Plex. It's bare metal arch server on Plex, right? Running Plex. I like that. It's, it's about time to retire it though, because it's the system itself is noisy and. It's running a really not power efficient AMD processor. And then so on my R six ten I have I have six servers on there right now. I have my MC which is MineOS, and that's my Minecraft. I got four kids, two girls that are, you know, almost, almost pre-teens, and uh, they like Minecraft a lot. And so I uh, set up a, a MineOS on there, and that's just a Debian-based VM that I have for them. And then I have a GitLab, of course, and then I have my Windows Server 2012 R2, which is what I do all my vCenter work through. And then I have a Unify VM that's just for controlling my uh, Unify AP, and then I have a Puppet VM, and then I'm also working on LDAP at some point. Hmm. You know, I fully intend to decommission the two 4U size cases, and at some point I'm going to convince my wife to let me buy, you know, three or 600 gigabyte SAS drives for the R610, and then that way everything will live on the R610, and I can you know just have one server on it. But, you know, I right now I'm pretty happy with the, way it, with the way it's set up. Not the way it looks. I am definitely not happy with the way it looks right now. I've got a rack that I have to assemble. And I want to run networking and I have to get a patch panel and I want to make sure that everything's set up right. I need to, I want to run cable to every room in the house. I bought a house last year in February. And so, you know, it's just a, it's a work in progress. Eventually I'll have it in one spot and I'll have it all set up so that, you know, if I need to take something out, it's just a simple process. So yeah, that's basically what I'm working on. Um. I'm learning Puppet with it as much as I can. I would love to start using the AAF that Brent talked about. Actually, every almost every server I have is Arch except for the Minecraft one is Debian and my GitLab I think is Ubuntu and then my Puppet server is CentOS. All the other ones though, well, besides the VCenter one is Arch. So, I would love to be able to get that AAF running and, you know, have some pre-made, so to speak, uh, Arch servers for to do rock and roll. Cool. Yeah,
0: I could definitely use the beta testing. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. But, uh, you know, I've got lots of RAM on the R610, and I'm going to try a process of adding some RAM to the ML110. It's a little bit older. The max is supposed to be 8. Supposedly, you can do 16. And people have even done 32, and so I'd, I'd like to get 32 gigs in that as well. I'm also debating taking ESXi off of that and putting FreeNAS on it, FreeNAS 911, since Coral was, uh, you know, or Corral, whichever one it is, was, was taken off the development cycle. And then... Roll your own. Uh, yeah, shut up. And then uh, the 4U that I'm running, which is really loud and obviously not as power efficient, I'm going to probably try to get rid of, sell it off to someone, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. That's pretty much was a- what
0: Jathan, that whole argument about Freeness being an appliance or not. Yeah. Yeah. Was that in channel or was that on air?
1: Yeah, that was, I think, in channel with the tech steward.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> Jathan and I got got into an argument. And if you've yeah. been in our channel, you know, it happens a lot.
1: And I always win.
0: No, <laughs> no, that's I not how I usually
1: sometimes ha- win. <laughs> Maybe not usually. I won once. <laughs> yeah. That sounds close You to know it. what? Everyone's won something, Brent.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's he's got a you know he's got to know when to hold him and, and know when to fold them So we got into a discussion about it, and so the people who make FreeNAS also offer like a preloaded FreeNAS appliance, basically. And he was saying that FreeNAS is an appliance, and I said, like, no, they offer an appliance, but
1: but it's not called FreeNAS.
0: But it's not called FreeNAS.
1: Correct. It's called TrueNAS.
0: Yes. It's called TrueNAS, which seems uh, kind of a misleading of
1: a name to me. So I won that argument.
0: No, you originally said FreeNAS was an appliance, and
1: it's not. No, I said they offered one, I thought. I don't... We'll we'll just... We'll (laughs) dig it up or some (laughs) shit. I don't even want to rehash this. We'll check the logs. Here's the real... This is what this boils down to. But this is why this came up. FreeNAS... Yes. Is trash.
0: Yeah, I sure, I can I can get behind that, yeah.
1: So that's all that matters here. Who cares if it's an appliance? It's garbage.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's pretty much, it's either FreeNAS or PFSense is like your two options if you're trying to run an embedded BSD. You can do like a FreeBSD install, I guess, directly on it, or probably NetBSD would have better hardware support.
1: You know, FreeNAS is the but- storage thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. And Sense is the router. But I'm saying if it's embedded hardware and you're trying to get some kind of BSD running on it and you're looking for an easy install rather than mucking about with like serial consoles and stuff, that's probably one of those two is probably going to be your better bet. But, anyways, <laughs>
1: but, anyways, I'm just pissed now. Who, you? Pissed. Why? That's free now. <laughs> you know, some of us still have it the old hard way where we had to make our own storage.
0: Back in my day, <laughs> we yeah. had to. Yeah, and I we I didn't s- complain about it either. That's right. We set up FTP or NFS or Samba or whatever we needed, and by gum, we did it without complaining. Uphill both ways, <laughs> knee deep in snow year round. Yeah. <laughs> did I did I tell you guys the story about my my first FTP server and how it wasn't <laughs> actually an FTP server when I built it? What? Yeah. So I uh, I was running. It was like some like kind of post secret kind of a thing. I was running a website for it on an old x86 box from my parents' house. And that was back when uh, Comcast or whoever it was actually let you run sites on residential lines. You know, they didn't block port 80 incoming. So I had it up and I kind of forgot about it. You know, I just kind of left it plugged in and didn't really give two thoughts about it. And then one day I was like, oh, you know what? I should probably update it. So I go to to check on it and it's running FTP. I didn't remember setting up FTP. So... I look into what's serving, what the FTP instance is serving, and it's a bunch of, like, cracks and, like, pirated crap. (laughs) And someone rooted the box, and, and keep in mind, this is my very first Linux box, so I had no idea what I was doing. It's the only time I've ever been compromised, to my knowledge, I guess. And, you know, someone got root access and was set up an FTP server and was using it as, like, their own free hosting. But you know what? At the end of the day, guess who won? me because i got a ton of like (laughs) i got a ton of cracks i got a ton of malware and i got all sorts of really fun interesting stuff to research it was a good day it was a good day not really because people
1: knew exactly where he lived had his social security (laughs) number
0: no i didn't have any personal information on the box all they would get would, would be my public ip and you know they would get that anyways from the domain and all that crap but yeah fun times Fun times. Listen to be learned. Maybe don't put a box on the internet unless you know what you're doing first. Yeah. That's what VMs are for. Yeah. So we've got, we've ended a little bit early this episode. We do have the baddie left, but does anybody want to talk about what they have planned next for their projects before we go? I on do. Yeah, all right. What do you got I planned?
1: Do. So admittedly, I agreed to rewrite the game site for a little bit of a selfish reason. Right. I would like to rewrite my website. To run on Flask because everyone has given me endless amounts of shit for using a static content generator. So you asked order, for the criticism. In order to prevent prevailing sadness, <laughs> I have to fix it now. Sadness. But. You know, honestly, like, I don't think the blog portion is going to be that hard or anything. Mm. The part that I'm most interested in making kind of nice is uh, I'd like to integrate a gallery to oh, yeah. showcase and potentially sell some of my pottery. I don't know if anyone knows this. Probably, I guess.
0: I think we mentioned on the air once or twice.
1: That I have been taking pottery classes for almost two years now, mm-hmm. and it's very relaxing. But... You end up making a lot of stuff, and some of it is really nice, but I just don't have room to keep all of my pieces. And some of them are really nice, like, functional pieces, like beautiful mugs and, like, beer steins and stuff like that. Do you
0: want to throw them up on the Sisminist Trivia shop once we get that up? Sure.
1: I could make some freaking <laughs> Sisminist Trivia-themed beer steins. There
0: you go, guys.
1: Out of clay. I mean, I mean these really things are monster. They up. hold, like, 16 to 20 ounces of beer, oh and they're goodness. heavy, and they feel great. <laughs> Are you drinking that one right now? No, I don't have any that I like for me. Oh, okay. Not that they're bad. I just I have a they're very not specific, you right. Yeah, yeah. I have a very specific beer Stein in mind. I'd like to make for myself. I just haven't yet.
0: Okay, would that constitute constitute as what part of your uh, future future projects?
1: Yeah, Fierce time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Also, uh, pretty cool. I have a friend who's getting married in a month Mm -hmm. and they're having a Catholic wedding with communion. They asked me to make like the drinking vessel for the wine for their wedding. So I finished part of that up last night. I'll probably finish the rest this coming weekend. Cool. But what else,
0: maybe technology related, do you have planned? anything?
1: Aside from my site rewrite, not too much. I need to get some proper backups going for myself. Mm. I really want to get some kind of like cheap storage option offsite somewhere for that. Right. Haven't really decided where or anything like that. And, you know, I just told you not too long ago, I'm trying to save money right now. So Mm. I don't really want to go out and spend a whole lot, but it's something that, you know, I obviously preach about having backups. I should probably have my own backups.
0: Yes, you should.
1: Although to be fair, if my laptop catastrophically exploded, Aside from me being dead or <laughs> badly burned, I don't really keep anything that important on my laptop.
0: Sure, you'd have bigger problems at the point, anyways.
1: Right. Okay. That's it,
0: though. Cool. That's it. What about you, Peyton?
2: So, I mean, obviously, like I said, you know, I, I talked a little bit about what I what I envision or what I am doing and like some goals that I have. But I mean, ideally, what I'd like to do is get both. The system's up and running, ESXi, and then do a uh, failover so they're high availability so that the VMs will transfer back and forth, you know, if if there's an issue or whatever between the two. Mm -hmm. I want to get a little bit deeper into Cisco networking, just trying to wrap my head around that because it's kind of intriguing to me a little bit. I want to make fun of j as much as possible in my day-to-day life. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think you do that a lot already. I do, I do, I really do. Other than that, you know, I just have to get it up. You know, once I get it up, then I'm going to find more things I want to do with it, you know? <laughs> That's pretty funny, dude. That's pretty funny. I'm making that the episode I just title. need to get it up. That's going to be the episode title right there. Then I'll figure out what That's to do great, with it. Dude.
1: Typical Payton's confused what to oh do when he gets
2: it up. Well, I mean, obviously <laughs> not.
1: He has kids. <laughs> Oh, Even geez. a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. My
2: <laughs> oh, God,
1: <laughs> it just like
2: the way you said it. I don't know. I just immediately went there, man.
0: Is that it, Peter? Do you have anything else? Well, I don't know
2: what else I could think of. <laughs> okay, <laughs> mainly because I want to smack j J-Thom. <laughs> I don't know, man. That was that was that was good. that was pretty good. That was pretty good. No, I, I I'm not upset about it. I I you know I'm more upset with. Right. Uh, how dumb jayton is but hey <laughs> okay i was born this way <laughs>
1: just like lady gaga just like lady gaga there you go maybe not quite exactly <laughs> the same
0: i feel like Jathan would be a lady gaga fan i
1: don't mind her okay
0: but you're not you're not like a gung-ho lady gaga fan no okay that's surprising so what i have planned is i really need to number one finish the games for games like actually configuring and setting up the games. Right now, I'm working on the Unreal games. I've got Unreal and Unreal Gold, Unreal Tournament 1999, and Unreal Tournament 2004 I need to set up. And I'm kind of stuck on Unreal Gold because I want to run multiple instances. And there's a port conflict when you try and do that. So I need to I need to figure out if there's a way I can change the port that certain components of it listen on. That aside, I have an
1: idea how you could do how's it. How's that, j You're going to kill me.
0: It's If you say anything about containers, I will kill you.
1: But, honestly, if you ran it in the container... Nope! That's it! (laughs) It could bind to whatever port it wanted inside the container, and then you could just... (sighs) Dude, I'm just saying, it actually would probably work.
0: No, I need to avoid that. It's bad enough I have to run it in Wine.
1: You're not denying that my solution might be a solution, though. I
0: I am saying it, from a technical standpoint, may work, but it is not what I would consider a viable solution. (laughs) It's not something I want to do. It's insecure enough as is. I don't need all the weird hooks that can grant non-root processes and side containers full root access to the host don't need that in my life so that there's that what else i'd really like to maybe give squareroot.net a facelift at some point because it looks hideous
2: it really does she sounds hideous <laughs> what what is that from The jake from state farm <laughs> right well jake well jake from state farm
0: <laughs> what else obviously i need to finish up aif but that's, that's my current project. There was going to be some, oh, this shop, this is a ministerium shop. I still really need to get that up and get merch available. I know we're in like our third season and I, every season I'm like, oh, I really need to do that. But like, I really need to do that.
1: I think I was supposed to help you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: I also think you were supposed to get me and the ability to help you.
0: I'm pretty sure I sent you a login.
1: You didn't. Well, I'll check that. It's going in there, Rada. He didn't. <laughs>
0: do you want to bet money on it yes all right we'll do this on air how much you want to bet 20 bucks i have 20 bucks in my hand
1: i don't but i know how to use paypal okay
0: all right high energy so i'll check into that and i'll 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 check the email history and everything
1: are you actually gonna send me 20 bucks sure why not oh my god if i I lose yeah you are losing because i know you did we'll see we'll see i don't i don't if i'm wrong then damn me
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I already want to damn you, but I'm not Somewhere
0: wrong. I'm not. Anyways, what else? I think I've got the system Administrative site, like the main site, up to where I kind of like it. Oh, also for games, I need to write. I need to reverse engineer all of the Archon protocols, hmm. and that I'm not looking forward to that because I really want to make like a unified client to access all of them, or at least like some kind of interface I can use through Python. And that's gonna be a headache. I just know it, but we'll see so if anybody has any experience in like reverse engineering like game protocols like network protocols i would super appreciate it if you got in touch but i think nobody that's...
1: ever gets in touch when we ask. yeah
0: guys when we say you can get in touch we really mean it like we like hearing from you guys and we're pretty responsive i'll usually have a reply for you in like within the hour yeah because i work uh, from home yeah, yeah. so yeah really get in touch with us i don't even care if you don't know about Reverse engineering game protocols. Like, just get in touch with us. Either way, yeah, I think that's all I have going on. I don't know. I'd say we're ready for the baddie. Are you guys ready? Wow,
1: I forgot about that, but now it's
0: gotten long. Well, well, after editing, we'll, pro- you, we'll probably be at like the fifty-minute. Are you minute are are right kidding right
2: me right now?
1: Right, right, all right. Here we go. do 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 do. do, do. <laughs> this is Peyton right, with the baddie.
0: Go star.
1: <laughs> okay, so here we got an oh my article. God. So are you going to do the accent for the entire thing? <laughs> not, not if you keep distracting me. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Handbrake is hecked. Oh, no. So, OS 10 users probably have heard about Handbrake before. It is basically utility for ripping video from various medium to various output formats on your hard drive. So, you know, you could stick a DVD in your CD drive and you could, or your DVD drive, I guess. And you could rip it to a file so that you had it in a digital format. It used to be pretty cool. I haven't used it in a very, very long time because last I did use it, it sucked ass anyway. What
0: about Mac OS users?
1: Oh come on, <laughs> shut up. For
0: those that don't know,
1: OS X changed their name to Mac OS, but yeah, yeah, keep going. But whatever, I just call it what I want. Okay. So it's OS X anyway, jackass.
0: You said OS X.
1: Yeah, but I'm drinking. <laughs> You're only having water. Okay. I'm also so, not a Mac user. Go. Anyway, basically, Handbrake is used by a lot of people. It's really well-known. It's very popular. People love it. It's great. But from the period of 5-2 to 5 2017, it would appear that the download was compromised on their actual website. So if you downloaded it and you did not verify the... SHA-256-SUM, which, by the way, you should always verify the SHA-SUM or, or, I guess, an MD5. Or
0: whatever they have available. Or whatever they Especially have, Especially if yeah. they have GPG-SIGs available, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it, this is something that people so often don't do, and there's browser plugins for it that do it for you, so just do it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, basically, this website that we will link to goes through actually downloading the infected handbrake, running it, talking about what it did, but ultimately it goes back to something old for OS ten or macOS, called Proton, and it was a hack or a vulnerability that basically allowed the person exploiting your system to execute anything as root from the (laughs) shell. At its, you know, worst. So, that being said, it's probably not great, whoever maintains the Handbrake website, the fact that someone was able to replace the file itself... Well, it wasn't wasn't the website. From what I was understanding from the the article,
0: it was a mirror a separate box
1: got it but was that mirror basically like round robin two from the main website i have no idea i'm pretty sure they linked to it from the website okay in any case if you're maintaining a mirror of something you also should not allow this to happen right right yeah so batty to you all whoever you all are whoever was responsible for getting it yeah since i don't know the specific mirror it's hard to point a specific finger so I'm just waving took my hands now. around in the closet, yeah, and they took it pointing at everybody. So I can't
0: find out any information yeah. on who owns it, but
1: but also lesson to you all listening or people who somehow are listening and not listening, <laughs> huh. check your damn checksums. That too, because there was a verify your files whenever you possibly can.
0: Yeah, because we have a link to a guy who actually got slammed with it.
1: Yes, and you know if you'll recall, there was that one time with my plone hotfix. <laughs> yeah, where if I wouldn't have checked the checksum. I would have installed the wrong version of the hotfix. Yeah.
0: Although I think that thankfully was less... That was more so incompetence and less security breach. But still, it's still... Yes, you're right.
1: Well, it was not a security breach other than the hotfix version that I downloaded erroneously was not actually going to patch the security issue. Right, right, yeah. But it wasn't like an active
0: breach. It was just a still-existing vuln, I guess. But,
1: yeah. Yes. Yep. All right, sorry, that was long (laughs) and ranty. My whole life, all I do is talk and mumble (laughs) on and just keep going and going. And sometimes I know it gets a little excessive, but it's just hard sometimes. You get on Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know, it's it's just so hard to be succinct when you're talking about stuff and Uh things. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so I forgive myself <laughs> and I forgive you.
0: <laughs> oh good times. Good times. Yeah. Well, this has been another exciting episode of System Ministeria. This is Brent. I'm forgiven. <laughs> and I'm high
2: energy. Yeah. See you, man.